Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. Welcome to episode 89 of the Places Where We Go, where today we continue a series of podcasts covering our five-day visit near Sedona, Arizona. On our last episode, we discussed several national and state park sites near Sedona, Arizona, and if you're interested in that area, add that episode to your listening list. Sedona is a tourist hub that attracts over 4 million people every year. All these visitors coming to a town with a population just north of only 10,000 people. Today, we're moving on to the hiking trails in Sedona, With beautiful scenery, amazing red rocks, Sedona can offer the most amazing hiking opportunities. The landscape looks like the backdrop of Big Thunder Mountain, if you're familiar with Disneyland in Anaheim. And I'm not sure if there's a Thunder Mountain in uh, Disneyland in Florida. We'll have to go to find out, Julie. I haven't been to that one. It also is a backdrop for Cars Land in uh, Disneyland in the California Adventure. You can get in a car, admire the red rock landscape as you drive down the highway. But for a more immersive experience, we recommend get out of the car, put on your hiking shoes, and step into the trails. Sedona should be on your bucket list of places to bring your trekking poles if you're into hiking. There's lots of hikes that are short and easy. You can walk on a few in one day with the short trails, and that's one of the things we did on one of our days. So if you're a novice hiker or an experienced hiker who enjoys challenges, Sedona offers trails for everyone. We selected several hikes for our first time in the area. We recommend using all trails to select your hikes. You can filter by how much time you have the amount of miles you want to tackle, and the difficulty level of the hikes. And with that, Julie, let's dive into a recap of the hiking trails that we experienced. Our first selection was called Little Horse Trail. We selected the Bell Rock Trail as our first hike. However, when we arrived, the parking lot was full, which is quite frequent in that area, especially if you're going at a time in the spring, summer, where there's high volume of people. Yeah, I thought that we would get there early enough because we got there in the morning, but even whatever time we were there, it was, I think, before 9, parking lot was full. Yeah, they're not very large. No, at least the one for Bell Rock. So we had to come up with a plan B. Well, we kept driving. We kept driving down the, the highway, and while we were in the Bell Rock parking lot, we had learned that the Sedona shuttle comes to these certain areas and has certain stops on these hiking trails. And so we thought, okay, let's get a parking space and then we can just hop on the shuttle for anything else that we needed to get to. Mm -hmm. So that was a nice alternative. I don't know why we did not discover that until we got there, but 
it was just one of those didn't come across it over, yeah. I guess. when yeah. we were planning this trip never stumbled across that but if you haven't been to Sedona and you're listening you can know that if you don't want to miss out on a hike because of limited parking check out the Sedona shuttle at sedonashuttle.com and it is free the shuttle service is yeah. free so yeah just a note about that so the as you said the shuttle does make its way from one hiking trail to another hiking trail, so it kind of makes the rounds. There's also a few parking lots in Sedona that are these park-and-ride lots that have lots of parking spaces. They're mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. by a hiking trail, but you can park there. The shuttle comes there, picks you up, and then takes you to one of several hiking places. And there are different shuttle routes, so you have to uh, look at the maps that are provided for you at these shuttle stops to know which bus you want to get on. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're on to plan B, and we kept driving down and looking for the next parking lot up the road, and that was Little Horse Trail. We pulled our truck into the parking lot about 9.30 a.m., and even here at the trailhead, there was very limited parking. When we uh, had to find a place for our truck... Which is quite large. We worried a little bit, but we did manage. This hike is 4.3 miles out and back. It's rated moderately challenging. People average one hour, 48 minutes to complete this hike. And it has a 564-foot elevation. We noticed a very slight incline on this particular hike. It's a wonderful hike. It wasn't on the itinerary, but it was absolutely gorgeous. And a lot of these hikes do hook up to one another, too. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to walk farther, you could have. We could have actually ended up at our original hike. At Bell Rock. Yeah. Yeah. It had absolutely gorgeous views, gorgeous vistas. You could see Cathedral Rock, which is another place we'll talk about in a moment. And you could also see the Chapel of the Holy Cross that was actually visible and to our left, and we learned as we walked this trail that there was actually a connecting trail to the chapel. Yeah, because I think originally we did have visiting the Chapel of the Holy Cross on our list of things to do. Thought we would be driving there, but once we learned that we could walk there on this um, kind of a detour that veered off of the trail we were on, we said, hey, maybe we'll just walk there. Yeah, we knew the parking at the chapel was crazy. Yeah, so So, that is another good reason to to walk it. Yeah. It's very it's very hard to get parking there. There were quite a few number of places along the trail that we could stop and have a nice lunch. We did pick a nice little spot for our lunch. Yeah, several places with water, running water yeah. and streams yeah. and it just it was just absolutely gorgeous. But we made our way to a, a place called Chicken Point. Why is it called Chicken Point? I asked the same question. So as we do, sometimes we kind of listen in to tour guides and see what they have to say. And we heard this little tidbit about Chicken Point. It refers to long ago Jeep tours that drove out to the point and they circumnavigated a small rock outcrop with steep drops on all sides. Some daring Jeep drivers attempted this feat while others chickened out. And hence the name Chicken hence Point. The name Chicken Point. It is also not allowed to happen anymore. They did stop that practice. Yeah, they still have the Jeeps that come up there because we heard that mm-hmm. from one of the, the drivers on one of those pink Jeep tours. 
that was taking people up yeah. to the area, but they yeah. stop in advance of the uh, the scary part. Yeah, and then yeah. people get out and just walk over there. Yeah. Uh, some tips for this hike is pack food with you. It's really fun to just stop at a really nice, pretty area, sit down, have a bite, you know, have a little whatever your preferred drink is, and just relax. It's Enjoy just, the views. It's fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And hiking poles are optional. We did use ours, but it was very flat in a lot of mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. We use ours not only for up and downhill, but we also just use ours for stability. Mm-hmm. And, and every now and then there's that... little slip. Or yep. a little rock in the path that it, that's all it takes to kind of lose your balance. So trekking poles help. So next up on the list, Julie, you mentioned that we saw to our left on this hike, Chapel of the Holy Cross... And that was our next destination, so kept walking toward that area. It was kind of cool to see it from the uh, from the hiking trail. I mean, it's very, I think if you've seen pictures of Sedona, it's a very iconic place in Sedona and very popular. And as we started to make our way there, learned that there wasn't a parking spot to be found for people who were actually making the drive up in their cars. So good choice for us to walk there versus drive. So Chapel of the Holy Cross, some background on it. It is a Roman Catholic place of worship. It attracts millions of visitors and pilgrims every year, including many who don't claim a religious connection. It's a place of beauty and peace, and it's known as one of America's man-made wonders. The chapel was completed in 1956 and is built to a twin pinnacled spur. It sits about 250 feet high and juts out from this thousand foot rock wall. It's just absolutely impressive. It's like a part of the rock wall. Mm -hmm. When you walk inside, there's an impressive, beautiful cross with Christ that hangs at the windows beyond which there's this amazing overlook of the valley below. Also inside, there's many candles that are lit. You can walk inside and light one to remember an intention for a loved one. It's a small space inside. You can sit there quietly if you like. Though it was interesting when we were there, there didn't seem to be, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like a an usher person or a docent person who was looking to, uh, to keep the quiet. Mm-hmm. I remember we were sitting there, you know, trying to have that moment of silence and one of the tourists there decided it would be a good time to strike up a conversation on a cell phone, which was just really disruptive. Well, there was many things going on. I don't think there was enough emphasis on silence. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like crazy loud, but it was was kind of... No, but there was a lot of chatter, chatter, chatter. A touristy kind of thing, right? So... Usually when you walk into a Catholic church today, you'll see an altar set up such that the priest can be behind it. And then when the priest celebrates mass, he's facing the people. And at this chapel, the altar was set right against that window. And so we didn't know when mass was celebrated here, do they bring out some kind of faux altar table so that mass could be celebrated kind of in the common way? Yeah, I don't know if it's faux. I mean... Catholic doctrine says you have to have, it has to be blessed. Yeah, I I mean, I I only say that from the standpoint of, can it not be the case that like a a non-permanent altar is brought out into the church space? Yeah, ever since the uh, Novus Ordo, the new mass. That's what I mean. But I did pull up on YouTube because I was really curious how mass is celebrated here. And it does turn out that 
Mass is celebrated in a style called Ad Orientum, which is the priest faces away from the people. So there are a few Catholic churches today who still celebrate Mass in the Latin style. It's what we attend, and that's what happens there. So it was just it was just an interesting difference in how the worship is presented if you do happen to be at this church for Mass. And we also learned a few things, a few, we'll call them fun facts, about the Chapel of the Holy Cross. So let's go through a few of these, Julie. All righty. This chapel was built by a devout student of Frank Lloyd Wright named Marguerite Brunswick Stoud in 1956, as you mentioned. Stoud was a rancher inspired by the newly created, at her time, Empire State Building. She wanted to create a lasting tribute to her religious beliefs and was so taken with the beauty of Sedona that she began work on the chapel. Miss Stoud originally planned to build a chapel in not in Sedona, but in Budapest, Hungary. But after World War II broke out, she decided that she probably had to come up with a plan B. And plan B was to create a chapel in her native region of Sedona, Arizona. In 2007... Arizonians voted the chapel to be one of the seven man-made wonders of Arizona. And in 2008, the Sedona Historic Preservation Commission designated the Chapel of the Holy Cross as a local historic landmark. So just to close out the chapel, there is a gift shop that is downstairs and has all kinds of religious items like rosaries and devotional items. The Chapel of the Holy Cross is open 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., seven days a week, except for Christmas Day and Easter Sunday. The chapel hosts Taizai Prayer on Mondays at 5 p.m. Pardon me if I said that wrong. Adoration on Wednesdays and Fridays from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. and Mass at 3 p.m. So before you go, please be aware there are no public restrooms here. Yeah, that's a really good thing to know. Yes, because it affected us. affected me. Yeah. And to our knowledge, there's not a public restroom close nearby, close. L- like if you're walking, as yeah, we were. as we were. Yes. Except for the open land and if you found somewhere quiet. So we did something interesting, though. We did not retrace our, our trail and go back to the truck. And I think I prompted this mm-hmm. where I said, no, no, let's just go down the street that comes up to the chapel into the the city area and then find some way to walk back to the truck on the streets. Well, that was very interesting. (laughs) We had no idea where we were, basically. We pulled up the Google map. We started walking. We were just walking through homes, residence area. And we finally got out to a main road and we took a left yeah, and we I stopped somebody and asked them. And I don't remember if our destination was going to be back to our truck or to Cathedral Rock. No, we were going back to the truck. Okay. We were heading back towards the yeah. truck. That came as we were walking along the Cathedral Rock okay. exit. I guess it was on the way back to the Little Horse parking lot. Mm-hmm. We came to a street that you would take to get to Cathedral Rock, and we learned that you couldn't take your car there, mm-hmm. at least when we were there. I don't know if, if it's a, a common thing or not. No, he's, they said it was because of the flooding. Okay. So 
kind of spur of the moment, it seemed that since we wanted to go to Cathedral Rock anyways and we weren't going to be able to bring the truck, we decided let's walk to Cathedral Rock from Highway 179, which is where we were at. We like to walk. So we're now trekking our way to Cathedral Rock. And so, as I just said, you know, the, the parking lot was shut down during our visit. Entry for cars was not available. So that just added from the main highway 12 minutes of walking. So, you know, not too bad. It was interesting on the way to the trailhead, you know, we're looking up in the hills and the homes that are there, so oh. impressive. They're like million multi-million. dollar, multi-million dollar mansions. Don't know who lives there, but whoever lives there, they've got... Talk about having places with spectacular Mm -hmm, views. mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. And 12 minutes after veering off the highway, we ended up at the Cathedral Rock Trail area. And there's at least five separate trails available to hike here. The best and seemingly most popular option is called the Cathedral Rock Trail. That's the trail that we opted to take. But we were on a bit of a time constraint because we did have to catch the last shuttle to get back to Little Horse Trailhead. So you and I said, hey, we're going to do this. We'll go as far as we can, but we're going to keep an eye on the clock. The hike here, it's not a long hike from a time perspective. They say, you know, they estimate it no more than about two hours. But again, we were under that time constraint. And the way the hike works here is you're basically making your way up. Well, how would you describe it, Julie? Like a huge... Rocky mountain. It was a a rock face. It was just, you can walk on it, but you better be prepared. Don't have slippery shoes. Have soles that grip. Yeah, this is more, I guess, like rock scrambling versus like traditional hiking. Mm -hmm. So you're doing a lot of elevation, a lot of, you know, making your way over rocks. You're using all four limbs to make your way up. And the rock is slick. You can slide easily on yeah. it. And when we were there, there was rain. so that, It started that, to rain. That yeah. worried me. Yeah, yeah so that kind of added to the conditions. And one piece of information that, that I think is um, probably helpful to know to explain what we did and why we did it. When we took this trip to Sedona, it was only one week before something happened to you. Your back went out. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were at, uh, I guess it's called what, Crypto Arena these days in Los Angeles. Yeah, we game. went there for a hockey game to see our poor ducks this season. Hey, they're doing better. <laughs> they were last week. Yeah. But we saw them against the LA Kings, and um, we didn't even know if we were going to make it to that game because you were having such trouble walking. When we exited the arena, you were only able to make it to the car with one person on one side holding you up, another person on the other side, you yeah. could barely walk. It was, so It was very painful. Yeah, not that many days before we made this trip. And in fact, I didn't even know this whole Sedona thing was going to happen because I didn't think you were going to be able to do any hiking given your condition the week before. I'm a very strong-willed person. So even though I had the back pain that was happening before we ever went to the hockey game, I was like, no, 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 we are going. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to this game. And... You know, with the Sedona trip, I think you you questioned it. You questioned to me, like, are you are you going to make this? Are you going to be able to do this? And I'm like, we're going. You know, yeah. we, we are going. Yeah. There's. I don't know if you're going to be able to do walking. And somehow the hiking was questionable. Yeah, yeah. and somehow 
things worked out in your body where you were able to move. But so that's kind of the backdrop. And we started to do the rocks scrambling. I would call this somewhat more challenging. Yeah. And, you know, you put into the equation people of our age were were a little bit up there, you know, physically capable, but coupled with your recent back condition, slippery rocks, et cetera, time constraint, we got ourselves probably a good halfway, halfway up this mountain. Yeah. And then we, we ended up at a spot where the scrambling was going to become much more strenuous. And I started to be thinking about, I didn't think we would have an issue so much going up. I was really concerned about what is going to be like going coming down, down yeah. right? And then again, time constraint and everything. We, so we, we made a decision halfway up the mountain that that's probably about as far as we should go. Yeah, several it. other people did too. So I, I think that you've got to know your limits. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a time we'll go back and we can do it. I, I don't know. But on that particular day, we just looked at one another and said, this is it. We know we knew we couldn't go any further. I think if we had started this like earlier in the day, we didn't have to worry about, you know, we're going to miss the last shuttle or not. If we didn't have that pressure, we could have approached yeah. this differently. Well, but, and, yeah. and I thought one slip and... Yep. You know, God knows what will happen. Yeah. So on that note, and I think you mentioned this before, shoe selection, really important when coming to a place like this. I think we saw at least one lady with kind of like a heel type oh my shoe gosh. thing, yeah. right? Which, which kind of, you know, is a head scratcher. It's like, yeah. why would you? It's a boot, but it had this heel, this huge heel on it. Yeah. So good hiking shoes with good solid grips on the soles because you want to avoid slipping and sliding on the rocks. You don't want to have injuries. So that's super important. And so these three hikes that we discussed, Little Horse Trail, the trail to Chapel of the Holy Cross, and at least halfway up Cathedral Rock, we did all of those in one day. So that was a nice full day of just being out and about, hiking, seeing the beautiful Red Rock area. Yeah, and I think, too, that's part of the reason that I decided to stop, and I think you were with me, was we had kind of taxed ourselves pretty well during the day already. It was a full day, yeah. We did so much walking. So I think that we had some muscle fatigue. Hmm. I knew it. I felt it in my legs. And I'm like, this is a fall risk. And I'm, I just don't want to do it. But that wasn't the end of our hiking in Sedona. So oh, we have no. one more pretty amazing hike that we did on another day. It was fantastic. This hike, pretty well known in the Sedona area, is called the Devil's Bridge Hike. It's just an iconic hike. And when you get to the place they call Devil's Bridge, you realize why. So once again, we took advantage of the Sedona shuttle for this one. We arrived at a park and ride location. We were there before 8 a.m. And we were one of the first cars that were actually in the parking lot. Found a nice place for our truck. So that was, mm-hmm. that was good. The shuttle came and it dropped off some hikers. There's so many hikes in that area that hikers were getting off where we were at to go on another, what I understood was another iconic hike. That We have to go back, honey. We have so much to do there. We chose to go to the Mescal, M-E-S-C-A-L parking lot to start our hike as we were told that this route was the more scenic route. There is an alternative option from the Dry Creek Vista parking lot, but we liked the idea of a more scenic route. Devil's Bridge is the largest natural sandstone arch located in the Sedona area of the Coconino National Forest. 
The hike is about a four mile out and back trek with a 521 foot elevation. If you look at all trails, it rates it as a moderately challenging hike. It's just the last part of the hike that has a very steep section that you have to climb as you get closer to the bridge. Yeah, so most of it felt fairly level. Oh, absolutely. Of, yeah. Absolutely. It felt, it felt level. It was really pretty, too. Yeah. It was quiet. It was really nice. Um, when you got to that last part, you're using your hands to mm-hmm. get up because it's this pretty steep stepping type yeah. of... It's, a, it's like a little rock scramble is but what it is. I think it was fairly accessible, easy enough. I mean, we, we saw people of all ages from very, you know... People were carrying their dogs Yeah, up. young kids, dogs. Yeah, yeah, except for she almost dropped her dog. That was horrible. And us. <laughs> <laughs> Along the hike was fun. We were just talking about how we hadn't seen many animals. And as we're walking along this hike, a coyote, quite large coyote, mm-hmm. just trekked right across the trail in front of us. And they have these animals all over the place, we're told, called javelina. And I called them a little pig. Yeah, we didn't know what they were at the time. Yeah, they look like little pigs, but they're called um, javelinas. So We saw a family of those, too. Yeah, well, that was funny when we saw that one. Because I'm like, I just, what were we doing? We're eating. Yeah, we're having our cliff bar. a snack. And I walked a few steps forward, and here's this little piggy. <laughs> And I go, hmm, you come over here. Yeah, I don't know if he smelled the cliff bar. <laughs> he started sniffing. Yeah. All right, so we mentioned getting closer to the bridge. So as we were getting closer and we, we climbed up this, it's a natural rock staircase. So it's not even, but you can figure out the flat rocks to step on to get up. You have a lot of people that, because that's the only way you can get up to the bridge this natural staircase type thing. So be mindful of people that are coming down because there's a lot of people Mm. that are going up. There's people coming down. So just be mindful that you are able to kind of clear a way for people getting down. I think it's kind of harder to get down. People get a little more nervous coming down. So I tried to make sure I stayed out of their way so they could get down. When you get to the bridge, you go up the natural staircase, you walk a little bit further, you get to this bridge... And you're going to find people lined up to get onto the bridge. So you're facing the bridge. There is a a drop in front of you. It comes out and you go on to a place where you have to literally walk onto this bridge. And when you're looking at it from the other side, it it looks fairly narrow. It looks really narrow. Yeah, with a really, really long drop below. It is very long drop. Yeah. It's very long drop. And as you're looking at it, and as some people around us were looking at it, I think maybe especially those who are scared of heights, some people were saying, I'm not going out there. I'm not doing it. There was one young lady I felt really bad for her, but I think she handled herself well. Mm -hmm. She got so frightened that she literally got sick. Her young man that was with her had to literally bring her up the rockway a little bit so she could sit down, and then she started having a panic attack. Not for the faint of heart? It I is mean, not. If, if you it have like not. anxiety about things like this, you can get anxious. I get, yeah. Even just thinking about going out there, and, and you can make your way close to the bridge 
when you first get there, you're kind of like on the other side of the bridge. And so you can at least look at it. You don't have to walk out onto the bridge and, you, and you'll and you find, as we did, there's probably on most days a line of people who kind of wait to take their turn. People go kind of like one by one or like with their group out to the bridge. Yeah. And, and everybody's very pleasant and very yeah. nice and very helpful. And people were comfortable with giving cameras to the person that was waiting in line right behind them. And people would take pictures mm-hmm. for them. It was a, a good experience. It yep. was really nice. And people are talking to one another. And nobody's trying to belittle or force anybody out on the bridge. Everybody was like, if you can't do it, don't worry about it. It's okay, man. It's all right. Yep. And it was a really, really good experience. We were watching as people were going out on the bridge. There are those people that have just the extremely high serotonin levels that I could not watch they oh. would go out there with absolutely zero fear. And there was the one guy that jumped over the crevice onto the beyond the, the bridge part itself. Yeah. This there is- was the guy that stepped down onto this little tiny ledge and sat right on the edge of the bridge. And this is the kind of place like if, if you make one wrong move, you fall, that's it. That's A- it. You're done. The end. <laughs> You're done. And, but it was interesting. So, I mean, a little bit later when, you know, after the hike, when we were on the shuttle bus, I'd ask the shuttle driver what the fatality rate Yeah, we were was. convinced it was high. Yeah. And he said, and I haven't like fact checked this, so I don't know for sure, but he No, might, I did. Oh, did you? Was it? Yeah, absolutely true. Only two people? Yep. So apparently only two people have uh, died on this bridge. I, one, I, one was on the bridge. Another one was an, an older lady. She wasn't even on the bridge. She just fell, wow. I think it was about 25 yeah. to 50 feet or something. Yeah, I find that stunning because like yeah. when we were there, and I'm sure this happens all the time, when people kind of do these Instagram type poses and moves yeah. and cartwheels, whatever. Yes, and the guy said that do people do cartwheels on there and, and I'm just, yeah. you've got to be kidding yeah. me. So you and I just, we made our way almost to the central point. We didn't go we, all I the way to the I center. Could, yeah, I could have went a little bit further, but I was concerned about you. Oh, you're what? I was. You were concerned about I me. I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want, because what? you're worse than I am. From a... Scared of heights? Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want you to have that a bad experience. Well, you so, could you could have went a little further. Although it probably would have freaked me no, out. No, because so. as I was standing there with yeah, you, yeah. it was like all of a sudden I started feeling the vertigo. Okay. And I said, Okay, that's it. We made our way onto the bridge. We got our photos taken, I think some videos. So we had awesome photos. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. great. So it was a very, very wonderful experience. I would do it again. Yeah. It was a great hike. Too. Yeah. I I, I, hike. When, I, when I think about iconic type hikes, this one will, will always be on my list as something iconic, similar to, and it's a totally different type of experience, but when I think about when we hiked the Narrows in Zion, yeah, there's just something about certain hikes that are just so memorable and so different than yeah. any other hike. And so this is kind of in that category, yeah, I think. See, yeah, see, and that's interesting because that's the one... That got the best of me. The Narrows? The Narrows. Yeah. That's interesting. You have to find our Narrows podcast yeah. and listen to <laughs> Julie's experience on that. <laughs> so that's our, our hikes in the Sedona area. And after all that hiking, we were hungry and you know, we had struck up a conversation with our shuttle driver. We were sitting right behind him and um, he had lived in the area for a few years. So we asked him for a recommendation for a place to eat and... 
He directed us to a place called Tortas de Fuego, a Mexican place. And this place was interesting because, you know, when you approach it and, and look at it, it's kind of um, fast foody looking, you mm-hmm. know, from the outside. But just had a, a really, really nice lunch there. You had a fish taco plate that came with a cactus salad. Mm-hmm. And uh, my plate, I had some veggie tamales. I don't, I don't often get tamales because we don't eat meat and we don't often find, mm-hmm. at least where we live, veggie options very often. So seeing those on the menu, I took advantage of that. Mine also came with a cactus salad and cactus salad is not something I have every day and I like that. And there's lots of green sauce on mine and mm-hmm. I love the green sauce. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was very good. You know, so that was, that was good stuff. So with that, that rounds out our hiking adventure. We have more that we did when we were in Sedona. So when we get together next time, we're going to take a short trip into downtown Sedona, and then we're going to take you through some day trip excursions that we did, mm-hmm. several of them. And hopefully we get through all of that next time and uh, complete our recap of A Visit to Sedona. So again, thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. And leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And as always, we thank you for listening. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more adventures from Sedona. And so till next time, thanks for joining us. At the places where we go. Bye. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at The Places Where We Go. See you next time. Bye now.